Welcome to the Adaptive Strength Podcast, where we explore the enjoyment of movement to bring about health and happiness. Each fortnight, you will hear practical and inspiring guidance, insightful conversations with coaches and experts, and interviews with everyday athletes on how they are achieving health and happiness in their lives. Now over to your host, Coach Sam. Welcome back to the Adaptive Strength Podcast, and today we're going to be discussing something close to my heart and it's called the minimum effective dose and before i dive into it i should probably discuss what the heck this even is so the minimal effective dose is essentially the the least amount that we would need to do in order to get some kind of response it's kind of understood that when you reach a certain point there's the point of diminishing returns, meaning that the more that you do, you're not going to get quite as much out of it as from just doing that initial part. For example, you know, you, you could study something for twice as long and probably only know it five or ten percent better than you did it, you know, just, just by doing that first half. Uh, But, you know, if you're a competitive athlete or an expert in the field, you know, you've got to do that extra work and that's what separates you. But if you're a regular person who lives a full busy life, um, there definitely can be a smarter way. And there's been some really interesting papers uh, recently that I wanted to dive into, uh, particularly about the minimal effective dose. So... I guess, yeah, why, why is the minimal effective dose important? Like, why can't we just focus on optimal? Like, what, what's the deal with this whole minimal thing? And obviously the answer is it always really depends on each person's situation. But minimal effective dose brings an opportunity to where you get, you're getting the benefit you desire, basically from the least amount of training. On the flip side, you have the optimal, which might mean the maximal amount of benefit you can get possible which in turn generally requires a lot more training than the minimum for people that have an endless amount of time you know optimal sounds wonderful you you are able to get in spend a good few hours in the gym and get all the gains possible for others who might be time crunched individuals or with with an injury you you might be looking to just get what benefit you can take and move on and, and get on with the day so for myself, as an example, I'm in a position where I'm trying to chase multiple different activities. Um, you know, I want to be strong, but I also want to be fit, and I still dabble with a lot of different sports and hobbies and things like that. So I want to, I want to be well-rounded. And if I was trying to pursue maximal gains in both, I would likely, you know, push my fatigue to a point where I could not do, you know, both activities. Um, but then also there's a time requirement that would just exceed how much time I have available. So it's, it, you know, it just wouldn't work for me. So basically I'm, I'm constantly chasing the minimal effective dose in terms of what will allow myself to get in, get out and still be as fit and strong as possible. The two main constructs, I guess, that I really consider in the importance of minimal effective dose, and the first one is really time. Just how much time do I have to devote to this? Can I be more efficient with my time? Like, can I get comparable results training 30 minutes less per workout? You know, and at the end of the week, that'd probably save me a good two hours. The second construct is kind of recoverability. 
how well you recover from your sessions and adapt because we know if we do too much or get too close to that kind of maximal recoverable volume even if it is recoverable sometimes it's just not the most fun you know it's tough work and you can be just sore all the time because you know you're really pushing yourself for those maximal uh, gains so time and recoverability are the like the two major ideas and 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 the situations we really look at through um you know especially here in the studio because we've got rehab we've got injury people because you know i guess we apply it like what is the least amount of strength work with my knee rehab client like what, what's the least amount he needs in or she in order to build strength because i know their recoverability is a lot lower than normal because they're just coming back from surgery uh, you know, what, what's the least amount of cardiovascular work this person needs in order to maintain those like adaptations that they've worked hard for over years to build. So recoverability and time from a construct standpoint and then going along with minimal effective dose, which I'll save for another episode, but the conversation of losing individual qualities, you know, like strength and cardio, all these different qualities, maximal strength, power, they don't all decay at the same rate and they don't all need the same amount of like frequency of exposure to be able to maintain or to be built, which actually leads me nicely to this next little point because progress versus maintenance and how does minimal effective dose sort of change when we are looking at, at progress versus maintenance? Um, because it definitely affects programming decisions in terms of where do we want to, like, I guess, stand on the, 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 am I really trying to make progress or am I really just trying to maintain this quality that I've got? I think, yeah, I won't dive too deep into the different qualities and timelines. Um, I'll probably end up touching on them just a bit. Uh, but first thing really is progress versus maintenance. So progress is... The improvement in the quality, you know, you're getting stronger, you're building muscle, you're getting fitter. Maintenance is kind of the retention of those qualities. You're kind of maintaining that strength, you're maintaining the muscle, you're maintaining your endurance capabilities. Now, interestingly, when you're comparing those, it is so much easier to maintain than it is to progress in basically every quality that you want to build. Um, to maintain, it, it, it requires like a fraction of the amount of stimulus. It's really incomparable. It's astonishing how little you need to maintain versus what it takes to build. So once you got it, it's much easier just to keep it um, and you don't need to do as much as you think. And on the other end of the spectrum, it can, it can be really difficult for people because as initially they make a lot of improvements, to be able to keep improving and progressing, it can be difficult that it takes, it actually takes a lot more than you think. So when we look at the research on this, there's a study by Bickle back in 2011 that it took a large group of individuals, trained them hard for 16 weeks, got them really stronger, uh, jacked, uh, and then over the 32 weeks, you know, which is a substantial amount of time, uh, they sort of split them into two groups. One group, they dropped their volume or the total amount of work done by one third, which if you asked me, I would have said, wow, that, that's minimal. Um, I would expect a pretty decent decrease in strength. And then they had the second group drop even further by one ninth the amount of work they were doing or volume they were doing initially. So this just seems absurdly low, but they followed them for 32 weeks and the individuals in the one third group had zero decrease in strength or size, which is just crazy. 
And the individuals in the one knife group had very minimal drop in size and strength. It was statistically significant, but considering they were barely doing anything compared to their first six weeks, um, it definitely has some influence on the practicality of training and um, and then virtually no strength loss for the, for the average person. So these groups were technically, they were untrained people, so people not, not, not experienced with training. Um, and they, they sort of measured the size, their strength and size of their quadriceps, so, uh, or their fire muscles. So oftentimes when we think of minimal effective dosage, we think of it applied to people that are highly trained for years. Like I could sit here and talk how I could maintain a deadlift without lifting heavy in some time periods because, okay, I've been deadlifting for a long, long, long time. Minimal effective dose is just kind of, it's really interesting as there may be people training harder and getting less than optimal results than they realize. I think it's important to keep in mind that this group though, they did train them solidly for 16 weeks, which is probably longer than most people have ever trained consistently in their lives. Uh, particularly when you look at something like a New Year's resolution, you, you know, you can get people to start going for maybe you know eight to 12 weeks and then they just drop off there. But if they took this knowledge and, and instead of just dropping right off, they could keep going but just do less, like one ninth, they would actually still maintain those results, um, just as these people did after 32 weeks um, with, with, with that reduction in volume. But saying all this, here's the key thing. They dropped their volume, or how many sets and reps and, and you know, over the course of a full session, but... They maintain their intensity. And so an easy way to describe intensity is probably just by the weight or the load used and how heavy it was. So they maintained using those similar kind of higher higher intensity weights, but they were just doing less volume. In contrast, there is a study from Morehouse, which is a pretty old study, but in this group, they had the individuals drop off in intensity. So they reduced their training to... 50% of the load and over the span they saw a steady decline in strength. So it seems you know, to be that you can get away for a lot longer by just reducing the volume than you can compared to reducing the intensity. And while there isn't a lot of research looking at intensity reduction in strength training, we can compare these two studies to work done in endurance training where there is a lot of research in this area. The best papers come from a group of researchers uh, by Hickson, where they did a few studies where they actually they basically did the same thing. They took trained individuals and they trained them for a while and then they reduced their training. In the first study, they reduced their volume by one third and then they reduced their volume by two thirds in another study. And they looked at how that had affected their VO2 max, their short-term endurance abilities in a short test, and they basically saw that with one third reduction, they had no drop off in performance. And with a two thirds drop off, they had a, like only a small drop off, but basically nothing. So we see again that the volume drop has little to no impact on performance. This was done for 15 weeks. Now, in contrast, the same group of researchers did another study where they reduced the uh, intensity. So decreasing how much effort the runs were and with a one-third reduction, they saw a significant drop-off, more of a drop-off than the volume reduction. And then with a drop of like two-thirds intensity, they saw an even more significant drop in performance. 
So there we have it again, we're comparing volume and intensity. This is for more endurance training. Um, you know, and the same researchers, they, they found dropping volume had little detriment to, the, to them, but dropping intensity had a significant detriment to them. You're still able to maintain reasonably when you are considering you are barely training, but is, it is, I guess, the key takeaway if you're going to be deciding what, what can I sneak away with, keep your training with a decent weight, but reduce the volume. This concept plays into how we structure deloads or, or plan times of reduction in training volume. You know, when when we taper or drop off, there's there's competitive people often worry that they're they're going to get off, get out of shape. But the reality is they are recovering so much better because they are reducing their volume. But you're still using a challenging intensity or weight, and you're still pushing physiological systems to perform, even if it's at a much lower volume you will continue to make enough adaptations to maintain as you have to, or else your body would, would regress or, or atrophy. Progress in training is sometimes staying the same. That is a form of progress, as you're not going backwards, which is what would happen if you do nothing. The other part of this is if you actually drop the volume, you might be able to push yourself more on the intensity or load as that heavy lift, you might actually be feeling better doing it because you aren't doing as much volume or you might recover much better from from that than you could ever imagine because the volume I guess the higher volume stuff you're doing is you know it can beat you up and, and um, can definitely challenge your ability to recover so understanding the research on a minimal effective dose gets me so fired up because it goes into our deloads because I think when when people approach a deload they go okay let me let me double the volume and just go lighter or half the weight. But we're like, nah, 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 nah. Don't do not do that because if anything, you, you just do a weight that's challenging, but keep the volume lower and you can allow yourself to recover that way. Uh, it gets me fired up because I think that using this principle is so important because often times when you're pushing you know, too close to your max, recoverable volume, you're just not gonna get this, the, the most out of your, your body and your system. And so there's a lot of benefits saying addition via subtraction. There's a study where they took 15,000 participants. They took general participants where they were sort of age 18 to 65, and they wanted to see if these people you know, came in for a training program where they hit a few full body exercises, one set pretty hard, and get out of, the, get out of here, with their session really averaging less than like 20 minutes once a week. And across the board, and they followed these participants for six years, they made consistent improvements in strength. So one set per week, they saw there was an increase. Initially, there was a greater increase in the early days, but still gradually over the course of six years, there was still an increase over time. So when you take that information and think, how do I practically apply this for the majority of people? If you have a program where you know, you're feeling overwhelmed with, you know, you could likely just drop down considerably. The, you know, and these people in this study only trained once per week. Now, I'm definitely not saying you should do this, and I personally would go crazy only training once a week, but you could drop down how much you know, you're training now. And the key here, though, is not just yeah, make sure you, you keep showing up at least once a week. <laughs> that old word, consistency, again. I, the, the other point here is you, know, you want to ensure that if you are on a reduced amount of volume, that you are still pushing the intensity or the weight. As you need to have that intensity there to offset the reduction volume. 
So, you know, if you're busy and you're feeling beat up, you, you know, you can pull back and do these things to help you get to a state when you do have some more time and you're feeling less grizzled. So you can return to a more sort of higher volume period. So there you have it. Minimum effective dose. You can probably get away with doing less than you think and definitely don't have to feel guilty about it. Um, there's so many options and once again it always comes back to that consistency even if you're just showing up like in that study once a week 20 minutes and they still made progress with their strength crazy we will touch base again soon got some guests coming up looking forward to those i'll leave you with those thoughts uh, enjoy your week and